Hello. Hello there. Welcome back, chums and chaps. How are we all doing? Chums and chaps. That sounds like we need lashings of ginger beer. Uh, How are we? I am Phil Goff. I'm Andy Chamberlain. And uh, this is the Paracetamol Headache Podcast, episode five. We made it to the tricky fifth one. Oh, I didn't think we were going to. There was a little while there where I thought everything was going to go horribly, horribly wrong, including a potential end of the world situation. Yeah. Or two. Yeah. Maybe five. Or two. I mean, I almost ran out of peanut butter as well. Oh, don't even get me started, mate. I've not had any chocolates or cakes in my house for a week now because I'm trying to cut down on sugar, which is, you know, a perfect time for us to do it when everything else is going completely to pot. And these comfort foods are pretty much the only thing we've got left. I mean, I've just started smoking crack instead. It's a lot cheaper. Oh, and the free basing is definitely coming back in a big way. Can I just make that very clear? That was a joke. I don't smoke crack. (laughs) Can I just put it and make it very clear? Uh, There are no asterisks here. No, no, I make it. I do not smoke crack. (laughs) I free based some icing sugar the other day just to see what it'd be like. I'll tell you. It's uh, it, it's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> Say no to icing sugar, kids. Um, yeah. Well, it's been it's it's been a it's been a slow week in many ways, but also it's been an incredibly significant week as well. Don't you think? I think the last two weeks have been a little bit of a weird one. Yeah. I mean, we've had the back crap crazy, and now we've gone to. I mean, it's still pretty crazy. In terms, in terms of the pendulum swinging between normalcy and uh, absolute mentalism, I think we've we've definitely been in a kind of uh, a, a schizophrenic couple of weeks since we last recorded. Yeah, you know, the the news cycle has definitely been on one. It, yeah, uh, it's been yeah, it, it, and it, it's been a busy one, but also and a lot of the news and and we won't really go into that for obvious reasons has been about the same new story from lots of little angles. But first, I have to ask. Right. Deep breath. Firstly, are you okay? I hope so. Are you all right, guys? How are you? Are you all right? Vibe check. It's all right. It's all right if you're not. If you're you're having a tough (laughs) one right now, don't worry. So are we. So are the majority of the uh, universe, it would seem. It's It's not pleasant out there. But yeah. the good thing is the weather's turning and it looks like we're going to have a lovely weekend. Uh, also, uh, you know, PIMS is on sale. Yes. In Tesco's. Yes, as, as our uh, car. The British yeah, and asterisk, the paracetamol headache would also like to make it aware that there are other supermarkets available. And asterisk, there are also other alcohols available. <laughs> there are. Believe me, are, I've tried most of them the last yeah. two weeks. Oh, dear. Really? Fuzzy oh, head? Mate. mate, I've been I've been drinking again. Oh, you're fun. It sounds, it sounds like should... Andy is Andy is a fun drunk person. <laughs> also, I don't have like a drinking problem, like, oh I've been drinking again. No, you don't. Worry. No, not at all, no. You don't you don't often indulge. I don't often indulge, but when I do, I do tend to go um not hard is Hold it, on. but like I certainly I certainly like to go for a spectrum. And uh, <laughs> you don't hold back. Yes. You enjoy yourself. 
we've we've enjoyed um some lovely weather in um leicester the last couple of weeks and we've also had our annual river festival and um i'm i'm quite often a designated driver um so i'll i'll quite happily be the driver while everyone else is indulging having fun but if yeah. it's in leicester and it's on my doorstep i'm definitely going to be enjoying a few squiffy ones nice and this weekend nice. i definitely enjoyed a few squiffy ones what was your favorite drink so there was a wonderful cocktail bar and we became friends with the bartenders and we were enjoying like everything going down the list of drinks. Oh dear Lord. Yeah. Two, two, two for one. And, um, I, at one point I was left to my own devices with my, uh, with my lovely downstairs neighbor, um, who oh, we've a lovely friends with. And I sat in a camping chair that collapsed underneath me and I threw a cocktail in my own face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it caught on camera? Uh, no, but it was in front of roughly 2,000 people. Well, if you're going to do it, do it properly. The, they, I did get a couple of cheers though because my, my left arm was out straight, completely, um, completely stiff, holding the other one I'd bought for my uh, lovely partner, um, trying to save that one while simultaneously throwing my own cocktail directly in my own face. <laughs> did you at least get some in your mouth? A little bit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, had, so yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, I've had a nice... The weather's been nice. I've been for a walk, been out. You know, it's been lovely. The weather is nice. I've even been for a swim in the sea. Uh, can I just point out, uh, Phil, that you are looking rather Sasquatchian at the moment. Is it the fur coat? It's, no, it, it, it's the fur coat. Um, it's naked in the fur coat. But also you've got the Wolverine haircut going on. It is. I, I, I toyed with the um, with the mutton chops as well, but I thought probably a bit more wanky. I mean, I'd certainly be a bit wanky if you were dressed as Wolverine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd love it. <laughs> So let's just admit it. We've all had a cheeky fap to Hugh Jackman. Let's be honest. I've had a cheeky fap to you. Cosplaying is Hugh Jackman. It's the leather. It's so should we, should, it's should we do the bongs? Yes. So let's do the bongs. Right. You ready? What do you want to do? Do you want to do the bongs or do you want to do the news? Oh, I love doing the bongs. I'm really oh, good. You love doing the bongs. Can I just point out? I've really, I've, I've just realised it saved my name from the last podcast. We, we recorded this on Zoom, and I, I must have had a moment because I've saved my name as my chocolate starfish. Yes, yeah, you do have a moment. It does pop up with a new name every time we record, and I do love it. It's usually your mama or something like that, but I was having a moment anyway. Bong. Rishi versus Boris. Which wanker will win? It, it's a bit like. A scorpion and a wasp. Someone's going to get stung. And you don't care who. <laughs> you just, I don't, I don't care at all. I don't care, not even a little bit. But I'm going to enjoy watching every second of it. <laughs> Ready? Bong. Trump. Trump world collapsing. Yeah, I hope so. Bong. Darren Davis, MP, sex pest. <laughs> that's that's an interesting one. And bong. Harry versus the fourth estate. And then one more sad one. Bong. I'm very upset about this one. I know, actually. This yeah. is breaking news as well. As of quarter to nine this evening, the Iron Sheik has died. Who was a WWF wrestler, not a WWE, because those panda fuckers sued them. 
WWF. Uh, possibly one of the greatest wrestlers uh, in history, um, a Hall of yeah. Famer. And also, if you're on Twitter and you follow him, you'll also... He's like a legend. He's a Twitter Hall of Famer as well. I mean, when that site goes down, he will survive in legend. Yeah. yeah. Can I just be very clear? I don't, I'm not insinuating that the WWF bum pandas... Oh, I am. Asterix is completely subtracted. No asterisks <laughs> in this episode. Everything you say is a complete statement of fact. It's literal. Yeah. Those hippies, they uh, they bum pandas. Um, that may come back to bite us in the bum, much like the hippies on the WWF. But um, Wears panda skin on a daily basis. I saw him beat a panda to death, rip him to pieces, and then turn it into a jacket, and then go nightclubbing in... Chris Packham. Yes, you yeah. Chris, Chris Packer. I know he eats bacon. I've seen him do it at a car boot. Not only does he eat bacon, but he just like beats pigs to death with boxing gloves. Like just just of tearing, tearing chunks out of pig, yeah, and, and squealing at them. You know those corn on the cob uh, ends you can get? You know the, the, the yeah. little plastic things that you stick in each end? Yeah. Two of those, and he just chased a piglet around the playground. Basically just spit-roast a piglet. Didn't even care if he, he found the piglet because there was many children around, so he just got one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my word, Chris! I love Chris though. Michaela Strachan as well. No. Michaela Strachan. Oh my god! Just very early entry in the bank there. Let's be honest, for a lot of young men. <laughs> like Annika Rice and Michaela Strachan kept me very, very. Annika Rice. <laughs> I mean, it kept you going between the Littlewood catalogs, didn't it? And then, and then when I got tired of those two, I turned over to Channel 4 and watched Countdown, and there was Vorderman. Vorderman, and also Susie Dent. That <laughs> woman's a fox. She's also incredibly legendary on Twitter as well. We could just rename this podcast Women I've Wanked To. <laughs> I have to sorry, say. Sorry, Mum. I'm so sorry, Mum. I've, I've gone back and listened to like the old episodes, like some of the four <laughs> episodes that we've recorded so far. And I do have to apologise, like to a certain degree, because the, the the issue the issue here is that me and Phil have known each other since we were four years old, and yeah. um, the, a lot <laughs> we have we have quite a shared psychology uh, and and also a psychopathy that goes back, you know, almost forty years now. Yeah, and um, we <laughs> we experience things in tandem in very weird and strange ways. But then there was an entire 20-year period where we didn't speak to each other. Nothing. Not for any bad reason. We just lost touch. Yeah, you were, you were off saving the world and I was off getting lost in my own... My own I little... wasn't saving the world, just, yeah. You, you were saving it a lot more than I was saving it. I, I was know. mostly tripping over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm quite clumsy, yeah. So when we reconnected in, in our early 40s, um, we, we we very much just kind of picked up where we left off, which was in a bit of an adolescent fugue state. And yeah, we're not going to apologise for for that, but we will apologise if it comes come across a little bit misogynistic or or naughty. It's not it's not the intention. I, I mean, I'm an equal opportunities. I'll, I'll wank to Daniel Craig as well. It's not a problem. <laughs> oh. I mean, Richard Richard, Richard Whiteley guy was a that guy was a silver fox <laughs> i just think i just think it's important that we point out that we're not 
We're not. We're not assholes. We're not assholes, and we're we're certainly not laddie. But at the end of the day, Carol Vorderman, when I was <laughs> when I was an adolescent, a wee Ben in my sexual um, infancy, uh, she yeah. was very much one that would get it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just grateful that jogging seat pants were a thing then in the in the early nineties. Loose fitting clothes, shelf seats were very forgiving. <laughs> I mean, you could laminate yourself if you sat by a, lot, a radiator for too long, but they did hide an erection pretty effectively. <laughs> There's just, you you kids <laughs> don't have any idea. Like, you've got your Megan Foxes and you've got your your Angeline Jolies. But back in the day, we had Anna I mean, running around in a shell suit and all we had was 25 minutes at the bottom bouncing up and down on the screen. <laughs> I mean, say you were like about Megan Fox or Angelina Jolie, but they cannot build a community centre inside of a week <laughs> and still look attractive. <laughs> and also, can I just say, I mean, Annika Rice, still very attractive. Megan Fox and Angelina Jolie can't multiply five from the top, three from the middle and one at the bottom. No. I mean, who, who, can, who can create naughty words out of word tiles and still look drop-dead gorgeous? I bet they. I bet. And, and and rocking it. Carol Vorderman is rocking it at the moment. The woman's bet, awesome. I'm, I'm, the looks and everything aside, because that's still there. That woman is owning political people at the moment. She's destroying them. Also, she's being very open with the fact that she's a bit of a swinger, and I completely applaud that. Yeah, why not? Enjoy life. And, and, and going back to the point, Megan Fox, Angelina Jolie, you're both very beautiful ladies, but. I don't think you know the Latin term for all of the butterflies in the English Isles. Michaela Strachan does. Michaela Strachan does, and can rock khaki shorts. Oh, good God, could she rock khaki shorts? Again, very, very loose-fitting material for which I'm very glad for. Can we just um, take a moment <laughs> to just also recognise the beauty and glory and the absolute wonderfulness of the unnamed twins from Funhouse? They're not unnamed. You can book them for parties. <laughs> Honestly, hang on. Let me get it. Right. How sad is that? That when I type twins in my search engine, it's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> Very revealing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Melanie and Mar- Martina Grant. Yeah, they've got their own website. It's called thefunhousetwins.co.uk. Have a look. Brilliant. I mean, they were unnamed to me because my, my focal point was Pat Sharp's mullet, but I mean, they, they, they still rock in the look. <laughs> they've got an album coming out. Amazing. The cheeky twi- they were the cheeky girls before the cheeky girls. Basically, yeah. Yeah. But um and also could drive could drive a go-kart as well. I fear this podcast has gone off topic somewhat, but I quite I, like it. I quite like it too. It's refreshing. <laughs> it is. I mean, you you're basically talking about most of my wanks between eighty-eight and ninety-four. <laughs> but Pat Sharp included. Hey, don't knock it. That was from behind. That that hair is quite confusing. It was very confusing. I like the fact that Pat Sharp basically like had the Scott Robinson haircut before Scott Robinson did. Yeah, that guy was a trendsetter. The two of them are very much chicken and egg. Which one came first, Pat Sharp or Scott Robinson? I know what it was with me and Pat Sharp. <laughs> anyway, shall we, shall we actually get on to some real political news before we start revealing other wanks that we've I, had? No, I'm happy to throw an anchor in the ground and spin back on ourselves and go back to the headlines. Usually I yeah. try and find some interesting way to segue back into it. But this time, if you want to put... There's no way. How do we get from <laughs> the twins from Funhouse to Rishi and Boris? Screeching break. Well, I mean, they're kind of like 
the shit version of the twins from Funhouse? No, they're jokers. That's very different. Here we go. Right. Rishi and Boris are the shit twins from the shit Funhouse. The shit Funhouse being set in Downing Street. Segway complete. Boom. Nice. It's been a week for Rishi Sunak. I mean, it's a big week for him every week. He's so tiny. (laughs) Did you see those shoes? Did you see the wee boots that someone had to lend him to go on the boat? I just, everything. He looked looked like a golf club. Did you see his glasses, his spectacles? No. There's a fantastic photo of the spectacles that he's wearing and they don't even fit over his ears. They're they're literally resting. (gasps) Yes, I did see that. Yeah. What was that about? Has he got a big head or tiny glasses? I think he must have picked up his, his child's glasses in the morning or something. They must have the same The children who he reads Jilly Cooper to at bedtime, by the way. He reads Jilly Cooper to his children. Yeah, his daughters like to read Jilly Cooper at bedtime. Did you not see that story? Holy crap. No, um, isn't that a headline? It was a headline. No, why isn't it one of ours? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Judy... Jilly, uh, Rishi Sunak ranks the racy Jilly Cooper novel amongst his favourite books. Absolutely. Well, does he read Barbara Cartland as well? Please tell me he reads Barbara Cartland as well. No. Well, um, is Boris? Oh, read that's Barbara depressing. Sunak, Sunak's my age. Right. Okay. So Sunak reads Jilly Cooper. Johnson yeah. reads Barbara Cartland. That's the reason why they don't like each other. Fundamentally, different sides of the fence. Johnson. And just looks at the pictures to be fair let's, and let's he still reads with his finger i imagine let's talk about johnson just for a little bit he um he very much wants to throw spanners in all of the workings doesn't he he knows his political career is through now uh, he's 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 very much facing down the fact that he is going to become politically irrelevant very shortly so to remain relevant in some spectacular way he's just decided to be carnage and carnage fucking everyone else over well, I've Which seen is what I, I like that though. I, I quite like the fact that he has just become a, a chaos agent. I mean, he was a chaos agent yeah. anyway, but he was a chaos agent with an agenda, and now he doesn't have an agenda. He's just being pure chaos, which is kind of Boris at his best. That's when we used to love Boris when he was just, you know, being Boris, the bumbling bones. The man's back crap crazy. But then he became more like power hungry and, you know, drove the country into the rocks and COVID happened and he was completely inept during the whole of that. I think if Boris... As, as we're finding out. <laughs> if he'd have just stuck to being like a TV personality rather than a politician, I think he, we would have all carried on liking him. I mean, we would have had like certain reservations about his character, but we would have potentially liked him a lot more than we like him now, wouldn't we? He's... he's he's um Who was this? It was a comedian who who referred to Boris Johnson as a wet fart... Sure, it's it's actually funny when it happens, but you do have to check the damage straight away. Every single because person knows a Boris Johnson. We both went yeah. to school with several Boris Johnsons. Yeah, my mum threatened to slap one. Yeah, yeah you know, pampers, uh, obnoxious yeah. daddy boys who have got far too much money than sense and think they can coast through life with yeah. a, a, a air of entitlement that they haven't earned. Yeah, basically. And I'm um, on certain occasions. I mean, I think you've got to have those kind of people to make the opposite kind of people, you know, the caring, sharing, socially adept. Decent people. Decent yeah. people 
you know, important. Um, so, just, yeah, one of those names. As soon as you started talking about that, a name sprang to mind. <laughs> if they're listening, it's you. It's definitely you. Yeah, if you can't think who it is in our classes, it was probably you. It was probably you. Yeah. I think that was, yeah, a, that was. was a symptom of us both going to school in the middle of Buckinghamshire. Yeah, I mean, we, we were very much the working class end of the community. We were the Screws kids. We we were, yeah. We were, um, for, for those not in the know, Screw is a person who is a turnkey or a prison officer. And in the 80s and 90s, they built vast estates where they installed us all so we couldn't infect the local population. Um, but we spilled out into the schools and ruined them anyway. So. Yay, us. <laughs> yeah, 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 us. We brought the house prices down. We were basically the antithesis of everything to do with Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak, which is yeah. you know, where we stand today with the two of them now battling each other is fantastic because it's basically one side of the class divide battling yeah. each other while the other side of the class divide just watching absolute astonishment. It's it's very akin to Lord Melcher and Blackadder from Blackadder Goes Forth. You've got an upper class toff and a working person, and I think Rishi would like to see himself as the average Joe um, in that instance. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think definitely is the case. But I think not. He's Rishi. Rishi. Rishi's grown and it's taken an interesting time to grow a pair. Just when Boris has put his ball stomping boots on and decided to go for a walk around Downing Street again and stomped all over them. This at the moment in time, if you watch if you're listening from overseas and we do seem to have quite a lot of listeners from overseas. <laughs> Whoever's um, listening to us in Lima, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for being the, the Lima listener and the Belgian listener and also our Taiwanese listener. Um yeah. and Italy. Italian? Yeah. Every week we listen. We, we go into the analytics to have a look and see where you're listening from. And when we see that you're not from the UK, we are very, very bemused, but also incredibly like gracious about the fact that you're listening to us. But do you actually yeah. have any of the com- like references? <laughs> please do. Please do tweet us because we we really would like to know. I think Genuinely, we we definitely want to drive for is a little bit more engagement from our listeners. Like if if you like what you're listening to, please tell us a bit more. Like engage with <laughs> our socials because we would love to know why you're listening to us in the middle of Lima of all places. <laughs> Just honestly, what has Boris Johnson done to you? <laughs> so this week um, there has been a uh, power struggle. Power struggle between uh, the current prime minister and the former prime minister, and this is all down to a investigation into the former prime minister. And his um, actions during uh, the the COVID, COVID pandemic, pandemic yeah. um, which he was sanctioned for breaking uh, pandemic laws. Um, and has been pulled up for again. Yeah, and, and pulled up again for it. But also Rishi Sunak, who is the current prime minister of the UK, was also sanctioned for breaking uh, lockdown laws. Um, and there is there has been a, a public inquiry that was ordered by the Tory government to investigate the Tory government, but it yeah. is a completely independent inquiry, <coughs> Sorry. which Sorry. the government set up and organised and is now opposing. Legally, like they're taking legal action. Yeah. 
So Boris Johnson was ordered, uh, and, and Rishi Sunak was ordered to release uh, documents and um, the contents of mobile phones and communications which were released between ministers during the lockdown. Um, and Rishi Sunak has basically said, uh, shan't. No, no, don't want to. We're not going to do that. Even though we set up this inquiry and one of the rules of the inquiry is that the government will adhere and agree with all findings of this independent inquiry, they're now saying that they will not adhere or <laughs> take part in the inquiry and they want to be taken to court to be... Because it may, yeah. It's, 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 it's incredibly infuriating. It makes no sense whatsoever. They're going to lose it. There is no legal standing for them to actually oppose it. So the only outcome of this is going to be dragged through the courts to delay it for a little bit. But at the end of the day, ultimately, everything's going to come out in the wash anyway. Yeah. And in true Boris fashion, he's gone, nope. So Boris Johnson then waded in and said, don't worry, I'll release all of the documentations I've got. No problems whatsoever. I'm happy to oblige you in any way I can. 10,000 WhatsApp messages. And I can only imagine a good six or 7,000 of those are just dick pics. But, but stomping all over the the uh, decision that Rishi said to not actually uh, engage with the inquiry, Boris Johnson came out and said he will, therefore pitting himself against Rishi and the government that he used to run for a lot. And now, but still works for. I don't understand any of it at all. It's absolutely bonkers, but it's just typical carnage. It's hilarious. If it was, if it was, if it was a, t- a TV show, it'd be funny. Yeah, it, it it does sound like um, it sounds like the plot line of a a peep show episode. Or, but it's not. It's it's actually real, and it's our country. It, it feels like it was written by Armando Iannucci, um, and it's in the middle of the thick of it. But I honestly, I cannot fathom how we have got to this stage in the um, ongoing series of Britain that we're now writing sketch shows into reality. Honestly, if this was an episode of Brass Eye, it'd be fine. But that's but the thing. It's not. The, the, the reality is caught up with, with all of these programs, like Black Mirror, Brass Eye, Thick of It. Reality yeah. is now caught up with all of them. And we can't have fiction anymore because reality is way more interesting than anything fiction can give us. Yeah. Like, we were laughing at the thick of it every week because it's like, that doesn't happen. Well, it does. It's been proven over and over again. That's exactly how government runs. Basically. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. It's it's such a weird time to be alive, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's very strange. When the advert came out for the uh, Series 6 of Black Mirror, I was very baffled by how on earth we're going to actually do it because I don't think there's yeah. anything else you can do. Speculative no, not really. has become yeah. redundant. Has become reality. Yeah, it's a redundant genre because reality is taking over. Yeah. Anything that you it's... can speculate is being um, futuristic or, or take satire from. Yeah. The government will come out the next week and absolutely turn it into a reality show. Maybe that's what they're doing. If, if it turns out to be like Channel 5 doing a reality show for the last 10 years, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised in the slightest. What we're going to end is at the end of the general election, we're just going to see the credits directed by and written by Charlie Brooker. Um, yeah, British politics. Uh, we've got we've got fighting, we've got arguing, we've got. Should we? Whilst we're on politics, should we do um, a quick chat about our friend, the sex pest? 
Darren Davis. Darren Davis. Um, a Labour one this time. Labour MP suspended and will probably be removed if he hasn't already for horrendously inappropriate sexual misconduct. Which includes, but he's not limited to, Philip, please take it away. Bringing sex workers into the Westminster bar. What a lad. I mean, yeah. Why not? If you're going to go, go big. For years as well. For years. Yeah. This is a one-off. He's been boasting about this. Uh, uh, The only thing I'm glad about is it's not another Chris Pincher. It's not... uh, unwanted sexual advances towards other members of the cabinet or his political no. party or his team. It's someone who's going in with a consensual partner. Yeah. But that consensual partner just happens to be a sex worker that he's hired and then taken yeah. in to show off to all the lads. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, that or the sex workers fee, you know, charges were quite high and he needed the price of the subsidized bar to be able to buy a drink. I don't, I don't know. It's, but the brazenness of his actions is, is almost admirable. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can just imagine them all saying, bloody hell, Grant's getting through PAs this week, isn't he? I, I, that's the thing. Like, it's. How do you get a sex worker into Westminster? <laughs> well, I'd imagine it's the same the same entrance you used to bring in the karaoke machine. Oh, I mean, is it just through the Boris Johnson sex tunnels, or <laughs> of which there are dozens? Of which there are tunnels, it's like Hogwarts. Um... <laughs> you need one of those intruder, um, the Marauders map, Marauders map to keep an eye on everyone. Yeah, oh, it's, it's baffling at the moment. This series of Westminster is honestly my favourite. Honestly, I can't wait for the DVD. See what the commentary is like. Um, I can't wait for the extras, mate. But he has been um, employing the services of women of negotiable affection and buying them a baby sham in Westminster. It's it's incredible. I mean, the, when when they said Labour MP has been um, had the whip removed and he's been suspended from the party because of uh, sexual. Um, proclivities yeah i did worry because obviously with the with the tories when something like this comes out it's usually because it's something you know kind of nefarious and a bit dark and a little bit dingy and like it's hard to find any kind of like humor in it but yeah this guy at least has brought a little bit of humor back because it is consensual the the other person even if it is transactional it is it isn't like it's a a consent it's a consensual relationship there is no forcing or I don't use the word wrongdoing because, uh, but yeah, there is no, no party is being hurt here. No. And, you know, we're a very pro sex worker podcast. Um, and it, Are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not anti-person. <laughs> yeah. Ruth, your son, before we started recording, was telling me all about how how pro sex worker he is he was te- he, he showed me his, his pro sex worker fan club membership card don't start yeah. pretending like you're not I'm, now I'm, I'm, i've called a few numbers in those phone boxes if you ask if you can lay their table they get really angry um no as much in as much as to say that i i i not think- everyone has control over their lives and some people make a living in different ways 
Yes. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, I, I, I'm being facetious here. No, but wonderfully put, though. And I think, I think the fact that he's like at least, you know, with someone of age who is in a consensual situation with him, transactional or not, that's not the problem here. The problem is obviously the fact that you're then rubbing it in everyone's face and acting like it's completely normal when what you do in the privacy of your hotel room or your bedroom yeah. or your house yeah. is fine, but don't take it to work. I mean. Yeah, I mean that takes some balls. Uh, uh, just, it really does. And I'm the yeah. one thing Westminster is not lacking right now is noxious, jumped up idiots with lots of balls. That's the one thing that we know we've got a surplus of. <laughs> you know, as as any sex worker will tell you, it's important not to neglect the balls. So uh, work the shaft, cradle the balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, this has really changed from I, I, I haven't been drinking either of you not tonight <laughs> uh oh uh good lord yeah uh, so I, and, yeah i don't want to stop it it's fun yeah so he's he's um he has had the whip removed he's been suspended quite rightly because his whilst what he was doing was consensual and within the confines of decency in that sense of the word it was grossly inappropriate oh, grossly to bring a sex worker grossly inappropriate. to bring a sex worker. Yeah. And, and completely right for him to have the whip removed and absolutely correct for him to be suspended from the party. But at the very least, and, and, and I hope pending investigation, obviously justice will be will be will be done. And I, I hope there's nothing serious going on in his life that he felt that this was errors of judgment beyond normal Ken. But it does very much feel like man in power abuses power because he thinks no one's going to hold him accountable. Yeah. So in that respect, absolutely a no-no. And the fact that it's Labour, it's kind of nice to know that it's not just one-sided. Yeah. No, there there, there are wrongings in every party. and and But I think the difference is how they are held to account. Once again, Labour steps forward in seconds. Instantly, instantly. And, and makes a example of not only the member of parliament and member of the party, but also makes an example of the entire institution by being decisive and immediate. Yeah. Whereas Chris Pincher is still an MP as far as I'm aware. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So Trump world. Oh my word. It's not, um, it's not been a good time for Donald, has it? I've got to be honest with you, Phil. Like it, one of my favourite things is keeping in touch with the uh, with the pulse of American politics. But keeping up to date with the latest shenanigans in Trump world is literally becoming dizzying. There are so many plates yeah. spinning right now that it's becoming nearly impossible to actually maintain a, a, a grasp of what's happening. But I can give you a quick uh, update if you'd like. Yes. So, <laughs> presently, uh, he's got 32 uh, felony charges laid against him by the SDNY, which is the uh, uh, Southern District of New York, and mm-hmm. DA Alvin Bragg. That one we know about. Um, yeah. He's been found liable for sexual abuse against uh, E. Jean Carroll. Yep. And he then went out and basically repeated all of the slurs 
and the judge has now allowed her to actually make a additional claim for further damages, which he doesn't really have a leg to stand on. He's probably going to end up paying her a lot more than the initial five million that was awarded because he can't keep his mouth shut because he's a fucking moron. Yeah. Meanwhile, you in Georgia, <laughs> Fanny Willis, who is the DA in um, in Georgia, and let's just take a moment to appreciate that name. <laughs> Fanny. Fanny. Um, is putting together a RICO case, which is going to mean racketeering charges, which, if that goes through, will also mean that everyone who was satellite to his shenanigans while he was president are also going to get dragged into the mire as well. And there are going to be a whole lot of indictments thrown about. Yeah. I mean, it's got... <laughs> Go carry on. <laughs> Sorry. You can... I, I will let you... I will let you uh, digress in a moment. No, 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 please. Yeah, there's more. Um, also in New York, Letitia Wright is... Uh, Letitia Wright? Letitia? Leti- it's Letitia... I can't remember yeah. her saying well, it. Letizia, as, Bo- as Donald Trump has uh, referred to her as. Yes, her. Letitia James, that's the one, um, yeah. has uh, also got a case going against him for the um, inflated costs that he put down for the prices of his hotels, which is tantamount to fraud. Yeah. And then furthermore, <laughs> furthermore, there's more... <laughs> And then there's the special counsel, uh, Jack Smith, who is putting together what is likely going to be the several nails in his coffin um, relating to the January 6th insurrection. Right now, as they say in the bonics, Trump be fucked. Yeah. And and just to twist the knife in, um, his daughter, Ivanka, is changing her name to just... To Kushner to res, to re, you know distance herself from brand Trump, which because is because it's yeah, it's fine. I mean, it, can do that. But Chris Christie, it, the former governor of New Jersey, has very much got it out for Jared Kushner, and yeah. he's on the warpath. It's it's a bit like Adolf changing his name from Hitler to Goering, though, isn't it? It's it does. It's not a better brand. No, it, it's it's incredible, and the, and the problem we've got right now is that despite all of this, despite the mountains of evidence that Trump is a nefarious villain of the highest order, yeah, his base absolutely love him, and it's weird because if it was anyone else, if Biden was to have done any of these things, they would be screaming for his head on a stick, yeah, but because Trump, their overlords, Ubermensch, is doing it. They are absolutely over the moon because, as far as they're concerned, he can do no wrong. And if he does do wrong, it's not wrong because he's always right. It's it's really starting to break through now. I mean, breaking kind of news just just dropped the last half an hour. Um, Adam Schiff is now um, having to intervene. He's taking a stand against the anti-LGBTQ hatred that the Republicans have um, incited in that country through a return to Christian values um, after there's a school board meeting in his district has actually devolved into fighting, full-out violence, guns drawn kind of thing between MAGA and the LGBTQ people that were at the meeting. 
I mean, this is these are parents. Florida is um, Florida's basically completely fucked itself um, yeah. by pushing through a series of highly unusual in the grandest scale of like common sense and the ethics and um, yeah. order of America to pander to the neo-evangelistic right and has done a series of anti-LGBTQ, anti-immigrant, um, like horrendous. baiting. It's got so bad that the anti-immigration rules and laws that they've passed recently has meant an absolute exodus of workers from Florida to the point where industry has ground to a halt there's no houses being yeah. built. There's no construction. There's no um, agriculture. Um, no, it's a mess. The service industry is pretty much ground to a halt because there are no workers. Yeah. Hotels are basically having to close because they've not got enough staff because most of the staff were undocumented illegals. Yeah, it's a mess. And the rest of the Republican Party are, are all kind of like scrambling to try and figure out, well, we thought this was all going to work. We thought Florida was the flagship that was going to lead our new republic. But if it's working this badly there, and we're starting to push through legislation that's going to do the same thing here, is it going to have the same effect here? And then all of the like right-thinking individuals are all going, yeah. Yeah. More breaking news for Trump. Oh, really? Mark, going- Med- Mark Meadows, his chief of staff, has... belly flopped. ...has pled guilty to federal charges in a mafia-style deal. So he had two options. He's going to receive limited immunity. He had two options. One of the options he had absolutely no choice about, and the other one he had full choice about. He could cooperate with the organisation and the prosecution and tell about all of the crimes that he himself had witnessed and face a limited uh, immunity and uh, possible lowering of the sentencing or yeah. you could completely cooperate with the organisation take an immunity deal probably do little to no prison time whatsoever but he would have had to absolutely flop on Trump which I yeah. I think he has probably done a full belly flop it sounds like it he's he's literally legs in the air and, and let them tickle his tummy here it's he has got the keys to the kingdom. He know he knows everything. He's, he was in a circle. He was there for it all. Trump is going to be all caps all night. Oh, he already is. Hang on, hang on. Let me just open Truth Social. <laughs> I forgot you had done this. The the inner workings of Truth Social. <laughs> no one has told me I'm being indicted, and I shouldn't be because I've done nothing wrong. But I have assumed for years that I am the target of a weaponized Department of Justice and FBI, uh, starting with the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax and the no-collusion Mueller report. Impeachment hoax. Impeachment hoax. The perfect Ukraine phone call and various other scams and witch hunts. A travesty of justice and election interference at a level never before seen. Republicans in Congress must make this their number one issue. There's a lot of capitals there. Absolutely incredible. The this fact that you had to number the impeachments, impeachment one and impeachment two. <laughs> the thing is, America is such a backwards political system that even if he was to be sent to prison, he can still run for pres- president from prison. Yeah, yeah, he really could. I don't know if he can serve, though. Can he serve? He, he can 
<laughs> he can. He, oh, he fuck can, off. Really? He can, he can run, win, and serve all from prison. There is no laws in any way, shape, or form that would stop him from doing so. Good grief. It's obscene, isn't it? It's it would be mental. funny if it was, yeah. If it wasn't so if it wasn't so dangerous, like the 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 world is already on a precipice of absolute outright chaos. China yeah. is barely containing themselves at the moment in time. Um and every time that Putin gets like two steps forward, China takes a little step forward themselves. Um, and every time something happens where he gets pushed back those extra three or four steps, China then takes you know half a step back and kind of yeah. ums and ahs and watches what's going on. China right now are barely containing themselves on the right side of history. Yeah. And I say that, I say that because it's true, not because I'm trying to sensationalize anything or besmirch. No, I, th- I think yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's yeah. it's a very weird situation where they are legitimately the greatest superpower on the earth right now. Yeah. And at any point they could legitimately step forward and invoke their um their power, which is mighty, and I think has been wholly underestimated by the rest of the world. They they do bring the biggest dick to the party. By some significant margin. Yeah. We're talking yeah, really a John Holmes level of penis right now. Yes. Old John Holmes. But they're 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 just doing enough to not be obnoxious pricks. Yeah. Russia, however, have just don't, don't full, get that member. Full tilt greased the pig yeah. and yeah. let it loosen the party. It's a bit it's a bit mental. America, deep end, mate. I mean, they've been in the deep end for four years. No no amount of what Biden has done. I mean, we, we, we're now facing down next year being a uh, election year. And I'll yeah. be honest with you, the last four years have absolutely flown by. It's mental, isn't it? With, with Biden being president, the last four years have flown by, yeah. mainly because the controversies have been near zero. Yeah. And the... Gentle pushing of policy has been his premier concern. And I think yeah. he's done a, a legitimately decent job with the opposition that he's got in getting as much as he's accomplished, accomplished. But also he had such a ridiculous, not act to follow, but he had to follow such a ridiculous human being. And he had so much to undo before he could actually roll his sleeves up and get on with it as well. I think the guy's done wonders, really. But um, all things considered, he is old as fuck. He is, yeah. I think four more years is going to be very much a a very difficult thing for him to accomplish. And I do think... I don't don't see it myself personally, but but Mike Pence has thrown his hat in as well, hasn't he now? This is the thing. The Republicans have got more legitimate contenders than the Democratic Party have because the Democratic Party does not want to rock the boat. It wants to try and just kind of maintain some semblance of order in a country that is fast crumbling into the ocean. Yeah. And they are literally on the precipice of turning into a full-on authoritarian fascist state. Yeah. And even those people who are screaming, like the, the true, you know red-blooded patriots that think that they're standing up for democracy in the republic 
are blind to the fact that they're actually just brainwashed. Yeah, by MAGA merch and nonsense. Haven't met a grift that they didn't like. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. So even even if Trump world does collapse completely and all this is never going away. Orange cheetah amongst the wreckage of you know the empire that he once had, he will never go away. There'll always be people that'll bolster him up and he's always going to have a billion in the bank because there's always a billion people that are willing to put the money yeah. forward for him. Yeah. There's always someone. The fact that um, Donald Trump trading cards are a thing. The fact that MAGA merchandise is the, the fastest selling, he, you know, his e-commerce store is one of the biggest, fastest selling e-commerce stores in the world, you know, next to Amazon and things. He's selling hand over fist. One thing he's really good at is selling. What he's selling is shite, and wrong and but he's still good at it that yeah. man could literally sell snow to the eskimos yeah it's not so funny now like you said last uh last episode the uh standing on fifth avenue and shoot somebody in the head and people would still vote for him it's one man literally could it's absolutely true he could teabag the um lincoln memorial and still get in he could tongue kiss the dalai lama and no more bat an eyelid well, given the previous news reports he's, he probably could um, I think he's up for a bit of Tommy action as the Dalai Lama. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, not, let's let's leave ins, insulting religious leaders alone tonight, shall we? Um, let's look at Ginge and the Whinge, because, you know, God. we haven't heard from them for a while. Did you watch the recreation with that actor on Sky News? <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Watch it. If you haven't, watch it. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I quite like the fact that they've got someone trying to add context to words. Somebody wrote this on Twitter earlier. Yeah. Um, I wish I had the source to hand, but I don't. Twitter is a hellscape. If I went to try and find it right now, it would take me four days. Um, yeah. News is so fleeting and so difficult to actually pin down on that, that app now that I honestly think it's going to be a matter of days, not months, until it's burned and scorched and dead to the world. But what will I do with my days? Bumble. I have to get back on the uh, Funhouse Twins website. <laughs> but I quite enjoy the fact that they got an actor to put context to the words so that you actually are watching yeah. the emotion. Yeah. What I didn't like was the fact that he looked absolutely fuck all like Harry. <laughs> just ginger. His hair was quite clearly sprayed redder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and did you see Brian Harvey outside? Oh my god! It was like Paul Gascoigne turning up to Raoul Moat asking if he wants to have Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, yeah. Why? Why? Why not? Brian Harvey, if you don't know, is the former frontman of a band called East 17, who were... He ran himself over. Sorry. A mid-90s pop band. And as Phil just pointed out, he's um, he's become most relevant in recent times for falling out of his own car and running himself over. And this is very important, but still managed to hold on to his baked potato. Still managed to hold on to his baked potato. He also... um, He also is famous for having done uh, astronomical amounts of ecstasy in the 90s uh, and living to tell the tale. Yeah, I mean, he made it out the other side. Fair dues. E17 were one um, of the biggest bands in the UK for a very short period of time. And uh, you just need to go and watch their Christmas number one. Was stay it Stay? another day. Stay now. Bomber jackets. Puffer jackets. White, fur, white furry puffer jackets. Let's not yeah, be... incredible. So he's shown up into the court case trying to support Harry. Um, nobody understands why. Nobody gets it. It's become baffling. The whole, the whole court case. It's, it's is brilliant. Yeah. The whole thing is, 
but I mean, but then you've got utter, utter, utter assholes that have. Uh, let's be honest, voicemail hacking was a thing. So the context is, it, it, it was a thing. Is it 113 years since the royalists taking the stand in court? In court, and I think the last one was Edward the Fourth or Fifth. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it, it was... and it was to do with gambling. Yeah. So Harry, the son of the king, going into court yeah. just to make a stand against what he feels is institutionalized. Um, failings by the fourth estate being the press and the media and television um, journalism against him. Oh, so are we the fourth estate now? I think he is the fourth estate now. It's the fourth estate against the fourth estate, basically. No, no are, we the, are we the fourth estate? Let me get this all up, just to get the uh, understanding of what the um, the estates are. I'm, I grew are, up on a council estate. Does that count? <laughs> so the first estate is the cler- the clergy. Uh, the second estate... <laughs> That's not us. We're not deities or anything. The third estate is the commoners, that's ourselves, and the bourgeoisie. Oh, we're the third estate, that's cool. And the fourth estate is the press. What's the fifth? Uh, what is the fifth estate of society is socio-cultural reference of a grouping of outlier viewpoints in contemporary society. That's podcasters. Bloggers, journalists, and podcasts. Yeah, it's us. <laughs> we're the fifth estate! Fucking yes! I've got nothing. I'm going to have that on my LinkedIn thing now. Member of the fifth estate. So he's taking he's taking umbrance against years and years of shit reporting against him and his family, and where his brother is taking a pay off. His family. It's not his family. They're not. They're not. He's not his dad. It's not his dad. Asterix. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Karen. Fuck that asterix off. Not his dad. Sorry, Karen. So Harry (laughs) Harry wants to go to court where Will took a payoff. And second, yeah. nobody in the family is happy about him doing it, but obviously he's now his own man. Got to, got to make money somehow. And also, I think he's on a bit of a mission for his mother, who was hounded to literal death by the fourth estate. Yeah. And he wants to have his day in court, if not to win, then certainly to make a point about the fact that he's not playing the game anymore. And I yeah. absolutely applaud him for that. Yeah. But then it obviously brings out all the orcs. There are a number of which prime example, <sighs> my old neighbor, Piers fucking Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, if ever there was you know patient zero for cuntishness, it'd probably be Piers Morgan. Unbelievable, unbelievable. I think it's a good segue straight into the rotter of the week as well. Yeah, I haven't. Can I just Piers Morgan? Let's just get on to Piers Morgan for those of you that don't live in the UK you'll probably be puzzled about this story. There is a presenter, or, or should I say former presenter on daytime TV who has made some poor yet perfectly legal choices, should we say. And unfortunately, because of the nature of who he is and and the person that he made those poor choices with, there has been what can only be described as an unholy pylon to this man. And I don't like Piers Morgan, but I had a shred of respect for the man this week. When on Twitter he said, look, we need to leave this man alone now. One, this is not a news story. Two, he's made some very poor, but perfectly legal, if morally iffy choices. The man has done no legal wrong, and it literally is a witch hunt. Let's call it a day. And I... I, I'm sorry. Let's let's just 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 for clarity's sake for the people that aren't from the UK and sitting in the cheap seats at the back. Uh, yeah. This is in relation to a television presenter called, uh, called Philip Schofield, who yeah. the last thirteen years, um, thirteen or twenty, 
20, 20, 20 years. years has been the TV host of the largest morning... It's a magazine show, isn't it? It's, it's... Yeah, the morning magazine breakfast show uh, called This Morning. Prior to that, he was a darling of children's television uh, and also... The musical theatre. Musical theatre Broadway star. So yeah. he's he, in the UK. We we have we have uh, very strange pop cultural he- uh, heroes, and Kurt Schofield is one of them. He's very much one of them, of the same vein as uh, the ants and the decks of the world. We're not talking about Harry right now. We're talking about Philip Schofield, and that is as much as we're going to say about his name. Yeah. So um, uh, Piers Morgan came out and said, "Look, we just need to leave this alone now." And actually, I had the glimmer, a a shred of respect for the man. So actually you're right this isn't a story there is far more horrendous and pressing news items that should be at the forefront in this country right now the fact that children can't eat the fact that you know the the politics the political system is the way it is and we're talking about a guy who's made some questionable life choices at best he's made some questionable life choices and then the ginger and the whinge came back. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't use it. Harry and Meghan. Oh, sorry, I do apologise. Harry and Meghan and Harry came into court and Piers Morgan just pissed all over that slight shred of respect. And then started basically. to reignite his uh, apparent dispute and um, yeah, he's just he's... disparaged the name of Meghan and Diana and Harry and totally made the, the previous point he was making that was a shred of human decency completely. Yeah, like the basic shred, of, yeah, and then just, yeah, pissed all over it and then set it on fire and then wiped his ass with it. So so he's, yeah, he's definitely a rotter of the week. He's he's definitely made it onto the rotter of the week list. Alongside um, another television uh, pre-eminent um, personality uh, by the name of Eamon Holmes, um, yeah. Who is also an ex-presenter of this morning. Uh, now on GB then News. On, then went on to Sky News to become a news broadcaster and news journalist. And then has slowly been sliding down the grease pole into irrelevancy and is now uh, enjoying a morning slot on GB News, which is the British equivalent of Fox News. Um, only really let's, let's not use the word news. Let's not no. use the word news. It's crap. It's it's budget news uh, run by fascists and is completely irrelevant and nobody watches if, it. If Ron Burgundy was real and in England, he would be working for GP News. So It's that shit, yeah. He's also jumped on the bandwagon and he's been trying to get cheap jabs in it against his old co-worker who he thinks he's got dirt on. Um, and it's all in the vein of trying to keep himself relevant in an increasingly irrelevant career. So yeah. I think the two of those kind of share top spot at the moment for the Rotters of the Week. Uh, and then we have uh, Geraint Davis. Just, I mean, I, I don't think he should be necessarily on the Rotter of the Week because I, I can't help but applaud his chutzpah. But at the same time, we, we, should. we are a podcast that tries to hold these people accountable. So very much has to be on there simply for the fact that Sex workers are not your personal props. No. And also you shouldn't be bringing them into one, one of the most serious houses in the, in the world, you know, the home of politics for many. And two, you just don't take sex workers to work. Just keep them at home or get a hotel room, keep it private. Yeah. Do what you do behind closed doors. I mean, don't travel lodges start- are incredibly competitively priced now. Yeah. Garen Davis definitely on the rotters of the week. 
Yeah, and then and then just because we have him every week, uh, Comrade Putin. I absolutely so many war crimes. The Hague's just yeah. The the latest being the Koskova um, Dam. Dam, yeah. Which they're now accusing Ukraine of doing. Ukraine have, have accused Russia of doing it. If you're a, a, a decent, free thinking human being with any kind of uh, eyes. Uh, yeah. and soul and an understanding of geopolitics in any way shape or form and just general humanity you will understand that this is absolutely not the ukrainians who did this because the only people who are going to suffer are ukrainians ukrainians it's caused untold hurt and misery and death and further damage i mean it's 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 forcibly the area that's been fl- flooded the worst could conceivably be a desert within inside of a year and ukraine being one of the biggest producers of agriculture and uh food in the whole of the world it's basically now made swaths of completely largely unusable yeah it's a an incomprehensible evil act and there's a there's a very specific reason why we've not really touched upon the ukraine war and that's because when something this big is happening and it's this serious and it's causing it's just, this yeah. much human suffering, there's no entertainment to be gained from it. But there's no humor in it. It's just evil and twisted. And I think we would be doing a disservice if we weren't to put him on the rotters of the wheat list purely yeah. because of the fact that he has again slid down the greasy pole into irrelevancy and it's only despicable acts that's keeping him relevant. Yeah. So Hague are going to have a field day with him when they finally get him. I, I, it's just another part of the history that it's, I never thought we would live through again. But here we yeah. are, existing yeah. through daily doses of history, and I'm quite frankly tired of it all. Yeah. However, I know we didn't say we'd have a happy ending, but I, I have found one. I remember reading it today, and it's from the Ukraine kind of region. There's a young chap. He's 17. He's he was in the Ukraine and he escaped and got to Scotland and he's in school in Scotland. And he, um, weird, he's a teenager, he plays games and he, one of the games he really likes playing is Minecraft. So he bought a server, a Minecraft server, um, and started running it. It's now become so popular through his kind of business now and things. He's just sold it and bought his mum, who was homeless, a house. Excellent. Um, and is moving her over to Scotland and is supporting his family in the Ukraine who are, his uncle has decided to stay in the country to defend their country. So he's financially supporting them as well from Minecraft. And who said that video games can't be good things? Yeah, weirdly, on the flip side, video games, it looks like within the next 18 months, Gears of, uh, not Gears of War, Call of Duty could be illegal in this country. Elaborate. Under new gaming laws, uh, the decency and violence, acts of um, realistic violence in games would be considered illegal in this country. So things like Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty could be banned. Is this a Tory? Well, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Is this a bit like when they were trying to ban porn? Which is hilarious because they're the biggest bunch of wankers ever. But um, no, it's very real. Yeah, it's, 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 it's in a good stage of advancement. So it's... Call of Duty from next year could be illegal. Unbelievable. Well, I want my gun. I've been waiting three years for Grand Theft Auto 6. If they don't allow it, I'm burning Parliament down. I've been waiting six years for Skyrim. So yeah. I, I, we're both we're both in the same boat, pal. 
But I think it's related to realistic acts of violence. So humans killing humans in a very real setting would be considered illegal. So things like RPGs would be considered okay, but um, Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty, which depict real acts of violence, would be considered, yeah, illegal. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm 43 years old. Let me make my own decisions. I want to choose to play video games that are violent and bad for me. Don't don't police me. This this feels awfully close to being the first step of... um, then we're going to get rid of books that have uh, depictions of violence or um, yeah. anti-authoritarian slants. 1984 is going to go. Clockwork Orange is going to go. Yeah. Well, I've just finished reading that. Great book. Isn't it? Not better than, again, given what we were talking about earlier, much better than the film. Um, yeah, it, but it's real. We could have book burnings, you know. Who knows? Going back to the Clockwork Orange thing in just one moment, that's a segue which we're going to uh, return to. But right now, let's just recap the writers of the week. We've got uh, Piers Morgan and Eamon Holmes. They're on. They're sharing the rope. Darren Davis, MP, sex pest. Prozzy's in Westminster. And Comrade Putin, yet again, for just being a big old nork. <laughs> I love the word nork. Because it can mean an arsehole and also boobies. Boob with yeah. an arsehole on it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, no. no, I've got quite a vivid imagination. I don't like Ooh. it. I don't like it. I can't close my eyes. Well, I've just seen a boob with an arsehole. I didn't anyway. know what to do. I didn't know what to be repulsed or turned well, on or uh, turned on a bit repulsively. I don't get it. Um, so that was the week that was. Yes. So we were going to actually take a step away from the happy ending. So instead, we're going to go into a brand new uh, little segment at the end, which is kind of precursor to something which is going to be coming soon. And uh, we just want to talk to you about a few reckies that we've got, a few little recommendations, yeah. and uh, dip into our little cultural zeitgeist and see what we're um, we're watching, doing, listening, reading to recently. Yeah, let's do it. We 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 thought we'd get some reckies in. What what have you been listening to, Mister Chamberlain? I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently, um, and also a lot of audio books. Um, I have a a couple of hours a day where I've got to commute back and forth. Um, for work so I get I get like a a good two hours of uninterrupted audio time nice I've been listening to um, uh, Joe Hill's Full Throttle on Audible Um, if if you if you don't know who Joe Hill is he's the elder son of Stephen King Um, and he's a fantastic author in his own right Um, if you're a Stephen King fan you, you probably will know who Joe Hill is because they they share very much similar aesthetic and style but joe hill where stephen king has kind of fallen into uh a bit of a groove with regurgitating themes and and going back on some of his older writing and and trying to bring old themes back into a modern light joe hill very much goes into kind of darker weirder territory and is very versatile reminds me a lot of neil gaiman when he does his short stories um And Full Throttle is impeccable writing, absolutely impeccable writing. There's a particular story in there called Mums, which if you get an opportunity to listen to the audiobook, listen to the story Mums. It is incredible writing, a fantastic short story. And I I think it would make a really wonderful horror film. Yeah, there's some Um, awesome narrators actually, just looking at the narrators of the audiobook. Oh yeah, some real, some real names. 
Neil Gaiman does a brilliant one about um, werewolves, uh, English werewolves on a uh, train, um, which is very entertaining. Uh, Zachary Quinto does an incredible um, story, but but the, the the story mums is very relevant to what we're talking about. Um, what's going on in America now with the the right wing authoritarianism and okay. the, the quasi um, uh, evangelistic uh, Christo fascist is very very much kind of touching on that kind of um, okay. story. I see in the tall grass is there as well, which is one yeah. of the excellent short story. Much better short story than than, than the film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can imagine the film wasn't awful, but I, I imagine it's a better tale than it is a, a, a program. I've been listening to and reading. I really like Ben Elton. I, I didn't like him. I, did, I didn't really rate him too much as a comedian, but his writing style is amazing. You lent me popcorn when we were at school. Honestly, such a good book, such a good book. But I've just finished reading, listening to, and now I've bought it, and I'm going to read it. Uh, Blind Faith. Right, okay. So, um, polarized caps have melted. London is now uh, 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 flooded. It's flooded. Uh, the world's gone mental. It's basically like a 1984 book, I suppose. Social media has taken over completely. Everyone blogs and tweets and Facebooks every waking second of their lives. There is a talk screen, but it's basically a webcam where everyone can look into everyone's apartments, watch people have sex arguments and everything and it is illegal not to have faith now you have to have faith even if it's faith in yourself you have to and it's the story of this guy called travis who um basically they eschew the the science of the monkey men and vaccinations are considered against the will of god and diana who were now intertwined and children 50% 50% of all children don't make it past their second birthday. And it's about a man who starts thinking for himself and the stories that unfolds as he kind of meets this dark group of people called humanists. Um, it's really, it's where we're heading. Excellent. It's, it's, it's where it's well worth a read. Also, the guy narrating it, I can't remember his name, plays, plays the part of it beautifully. It's well worth listening to an audio as well. I'll add that to my list. It's very good. Awesome. So uh, yeah, can I can I can I show you about a little project that we've been talking about? Absolutely. So we at Paracetamol Headache always strive to offer more value for the money that we don't ask you to pay for. And one of our, my passions, and I know Andrew's passions, as you've probably heard, is films and books and such. So um, next week we'll be launching a new podcast. I'm really excited um, about this film called Forey's Electric Cinema. Obviously, Ken Forey um, from Dawn of the Dead and other wonderful films. Um, we're just going to take a look at directors and the, the influence they've had on popular culture and the film industry going forward. I'm really excited. So I've, I've, done, I've started with my comfort zone. I've been looking at the career of George A. Romero because I'm a big zombie film nut and um i'm going to be looking at some of his other films because believe it or not he didn't just do zombie films um he did some amazing stuff also some really cute adverts very kitsch it's it's, um it's a project basically where we're gonna be hopefully um going off solo as well as doing collaborations with um guests as well as collaborating with each other but also taking a deep dive into genre directors and entire kind of subcultures of film that yeah 
piqued our interest and got us interested in, in, in a love of film and um, looking at how they affected us as well as affected the pop culture zeitgeist as it as it grew and evolved. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, looking right back to there was the 80s video nasties that Mary Whitehouse hated so much. There is more the, the way sci-fi is now like we said before, it's not sci-fi anymore. It's actually what's happening around us because there's such... There's no such thing as speculative fiction anymore. No, it is just what it is. Um, people are all, well, all these kind of, they saw it and how that's affected us going forward. I think, you know, people like Romero, John Carpenter, Kubrick, right up to kind of some modern day directors who are the new trendsetters who are moving... James Cameron, another one like a powerhouse of Hollywood. Uh, Ridley Scott, I've, I've, so Ridley Scott is going to be episode two for me. I know we're both going to go off and do our own things with this, and it's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a, a, an interesting collaboration as well as an interesting listen because there's going to be a lot of things that you do that I'm not privy to. So I'll be listening to the podcast for the first time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited by it. And yeah. then vice versa. And then we'll be getting some people in who are working in the industry, either uh, as writers, directors, actors, um, or behind the scenes as cameramen, um, cinematographers. We're going to try and bring in like a, a whole slew of different guests for this one and make it something a bit more of an event and um, – a little bit more of a kind of cerebral journey into our love of film and everything that surrounds it. Yeah. I've got quite a lot to say about Jim Henson as well and the Muppets. I think my first episode is probably going to be um, a deep dive into uh, British folk horror. Yeah. I mean, what you were describing earlier on, that was really exciting. I've, I've gone into a bit of a, into a, a bit of a, uh, a weird uh, place at the moment with, with my choice of films. And I've been very much centering in on um, the subgenre of British folk horror. So things like Wicker Man, Men, um, In the Earth, uh, looking at directors like Ben Wheatley and um, Alex Garland and um, exploring all of the brilliance that there is in this genre that people are not really aware of but you've probably watched way more british folk yeah. horror than you than you absolutely realize um yeah. so i'm going to be taking a look at that and um then i think i'm probably going to do much like you're going to be doing a ridley scott one i think i'm going to be taking a deep dive into the world of tony scott nice i am john carpenter i can't wait for as well they're, they're doing a sequel to the thing Two sequels, in fact. Oh, honestly, I just 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 became a bit arouser. But like Kurt Russell, like back. So it's going to be called Fourie's Electric Cinema. Yeah, and it will be coming soon from Paris and Headache. And um, once it's loaded and present and correct, it will be. We'll send it out there. Um, there'll be there'll be episodes on our channel as well as a separate website for that podcast that directly. And uh, you will not be able to move for a shouting in your ears about it. So that's going to be coming soon. I can't, yeah, can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I mean, there's some there's small things in the pipeline as well, is there not? Yeah, there's a music podcast. We're basically building a network. Building an empire, my friend. Building yeah. an empire. No, it's, so, it's, all going, it's all going at the moment. And I think it's very important that in such dire 
dark, dismal times. We just need to flood the world with art and brilliance. So let's uh, let's go out there and find something you love, find something that dazzles and beguiles you, grab it with both hands, scream in people's faces and promote all of the good that there is, whether yeah. it's a painting, a film, a piece of music, a television show, a book, a comic, God, even a joke. Just grab people and tell them the things that you love and just let's flood the world with positivity rather than everything else that's going on at the moment. I'm going to try and find a podcast where I can get the twins from Funhouse in as well. Amazing. Just do a deep dive into the world of Funhouse, the dark underbelly of Fun. Honestly, yeah. They had to, they had to dispose of the ball pits because there was a coli or something like that. Some children died. <laughs> and every time she sees a go-kart, Melanie shits herself or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good episode, anyway. Mate. Yeah, we've had wanking, we've had politics... And we've unveiled some new stuff. I think it's going to be great. I'm really excited. I'm very excited. It's going to be. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be. A, it's going to be an interesting few weeks until the next episode. Obviously, we're keeping an eye on the headlines. And if you have anything you want us to discuss or talk about, which we've missed, or you think we should be delving into, then please drop us a hint on um, all of our social medias: Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, TikTok. Instagram. Go over to our Patreon. Um, if you've got deep pockets and money to burn, please chuck it in our direction and we will we'll use it wisely. <laughs> or not wisely at all. Get pissed and record on Can hats. blow it all on hats. No. Um, yeah. We'll contact look at our, our socials. Contact our mate Garrett Davis and see what he's doing for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably free now. But um, thanks, guys. We really appreciate you listening and we really appreciate you, you kind of getting us out there. And we wake up. You don't know this, but every morning we wake up and check how many people have listened. And then we text each other. Ah, got another one. And they're in Italy. So, yeah, thank you very much, guys. We love you. And we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to enjoy our nonsense. Every single one of the listeners is a, a cracking hero in my eyes. Um, yeah and um yeah to be doing this with you thank you very much it's been wonderful to rekindle our friendship it really has um yeah however can you please stop sending me dick pics they're not even my dicks <laughs> just, just dicks i've seen and with that <laughs> we love you all bye bye hi guys just a quick postscript we recorded on Thursday evening, and whilst we're putting together everything on Saturday, uh, Boris and a few other Tory MPs decided they were going to quit and force by-elections, and therefore are pushing the Tory party into a uh, seeming general election. So, Trump was indicted on 31 felony counts uh, for the documents case, and what I can say... Life comes at you pretty fast, and if you choose the wrong nut to record, you're gonna miss it. <laughs>